Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're studying the book of Romans and learning how the power of the gospel impacts every part of our lives. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hello there, friends. I am back as promised and ready to go with another episode here in Romans chapter 4. We're talking about the ongoing case that the Apostle Paul is making that we are justified by faith, not by works. And he has used the great example from the first five books of the Bible, the very famous example of Abraham, our forefather, justified not by works, otherwise he could have bragged about that, but by faith alone in the promise of God, the coming seed, Messiah, Jesus Christ. And now there's another example from the prophets, that second part of the Old Testament, who again validates this this whole case that we are justified by faith. Look at verse number six of Romans chapter four, where it says, even as David also, and this is a, a quotation from Psalm 32, if you want to look that up, but even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness, without works. And there's our qualifying phrase. So David said, the blessing of of being righteous and having that righteousness given as a gift credited to our account by God, absent our works or our efforts to earn it, not that we ever could earn it. But the point that David is making is it was unearnable. Look at verse number seven. Here's the quotation saying, blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. So when I stand before God one day, when you stand before Jesus Christ one day, uh, you will not have to answer for your sin. Why? Because your sin was answered for at the cross when Jesus took upon him your sin. I love the verse there in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, where the apostle Paul said, for he, God, hath made him, Jesus, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So when we stand before Jesus one day as those that have put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, uh, we don't have to worry about our sin. Why? Because God did not impute our sin to us. He imputed our sin to Christ when Christ willingly took that sin upon himself at the cross. And what do we get credited with? Righteousness. We don't deserve that. Exactly. We didn't earn that. Exactly. It was imputed to our account when by faith we received the free gift of Jesus Christ, the good news, the gospel that revealed in our life and to our condition the very righteousness of God. Hey, are we getting this? Are you seeing just the incredible gift, the goodness of God expressed in the gospel? How this love 
that generated this for us ought to compel us to live for God every day. The knowledge of our salvation, the goodness of our God, should it not just cause us every single day to get up and say, I don't deserve, I don't know why I get to be called a child of God, but I am, and I know that I am, I'm going to live for him today. Maybe that was the spirit that the Apostle John had in 1 John chapter 3 when he said, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. And the Bible says uh, that, that, that we have this great honor and gift of being God's children, of being called righteous, not because we're good, but because he's good. And it ought to compel us to serve him in greater ways. Look at verse number uh, eight, again, where the finishing of the quotation Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Verse 9. So Paul asked the question. He's quoted the verses, Psalm 32, verses 1 and 2. And now he asks the question. Cometh this blessedness then upon the circumcision only or upon the uncircumcision also? Uh, For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. So you you can see how the wheels might be turning for the Roman readers. You can see how the wheels might be turning for a Gentile reader of the scripture because Paul's making the case, okay, salvation is by faith and the redemption that we have in Jesus Christ is a matter of our faith in the promises of God and what Christ ultimately did for us on the cross. But the illustrations that we've used are Jewish illustrations. Uh, The foundational authority that we've used are the Jewish scriptures, the law of God, the prophets. And so, well, one might say those are good arguments. Do they only apply to the Jews? Because Abraham is the father of the Jews, and David, of course, was a Jew, and David received the Davidic covenant that was a promise to him as a Jewish king. And so, does this even apply to the uncircumcised world? Does this even apply to Gentiles? Which is really, really important to me because I'm a Gentile, and most of you are too. So the question that Paul asks is, so this blessedness that David was speaking about in Psalm 32, does that blessedness come to all people? Is it available to Jew and Gentile alike? Or was it only available to the Jew. Well, watch how the argument goes on here in verse number 10. How was it then reckoned? So speaking about Abraham specifically, how was the righteousness of God reckoned to Abraham's account? And then Paul answers his own question. How was it reckoned? Watch this. When he was in circumcision? In other words, did God give this promise of favor this gracious application of righteousness credited to Abraham's account, did he do that for Abraham when Abraham was already circumcised or when he was uncircumcised? Now, everybody would know the answer to that, especially his Jewish readers. I mean, that would be like a a two plus two equals four kind of question. Everyone knows that, but Paul is making a case. And the case he's making here is that Abraham was credited the righteousness of God by faith before he was ever circumcised. Look at verse number 10. So how was it reckoned? 
when he was in circumcision or uncircumcision? Not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision. So verse 11, and he received the sign of circumcision. Abraham eventually was circumcised, but that was after he trusted God. That was after he put his faith and trust in what God told him about the coming seed. So he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had yet being uncircumcised. So the Jew looked at circumcision like that was the end all be all. And we are God's children because we are circumcised. And yet what the Bible is teaching is no, circumcision didn't just didn't convey some magic identification with God. Like that, that surgical procedure of circumcision somehow made a person a child of God or made them right with God. Of course not. It was always intended to be but a sign, a symbol, a seal of what, of what faith actually verified that I believe God. So the circumcision that was given to Abraham was simply a validation of the fact that he had already believed. So the Bible says it was a seal of the righteousness of the faith which he had yet being uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all them that believe, though they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed unto them also. What a marvelous example this is. Because when the Apostle Paul makes the case that Abraham was justified by faith and then makes the further case that Abraham's justification by faith was before he had actually received the sign of circumcision, then what does that teach? That teaches that Abraham can be the father not just of those that are circumcised, but the father of those that are uncircumcised as well, the father of faith. That's why we, as Gentile believers, can legitimately say that Father Abraham is our father. Have you ever sung that corny song in Sunday school or in junior church? Father Abraham had many sons, and many sons had Father Abrahams, and I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord, and then right arm, and then left arm, and you do all the motions. Ever wonder what that song really means? This is what it really means. That Father Abraham is our father, even as Gentiles. Why? Because he's the father of faith. To the circumcised, that's the Jew, and the uncircumcised, that's the Gentile. Because it's not a matter of the surgical procedure. It's a matter of the faith that we have in the promise of God about the Messiah. That's the ticket justification by faith, and faith's object is the Word of God. So faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Wow, what a great, great uh, teaching this is right here from verse number 11. And then verse number 12, the Bible says, and he's the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only. So yes, he is the father of the Jewish people, but not just because of the virtue of their circumcision, but who also walk in the steps of the faith of our father Abraham, which he had being yet uncircumcised. This goes back to what he said at the end of chapter two, and that is, he is not a Jew which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew which is one inwardly, 
And circumcision is that of the, of the heart in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. So the, 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 the sticking point is not circumcision. The sticking point is faith. That's the sticking point. And Abraham can be my father and your father as we follow the faith of Abraham in the promise of God. That's the point that we're making. Now, uh, I think it's important as well to give this illustration, and that is that just as circumcision was an external sign that followed faith, that in no way made, in no way saved uh, Abraham, so baptism for the New Testament Christian is a sign, and it follows faith, and it in no way has anything to do with our salvation. We're saved by grace through faith. It's, it's, it's not of works. Baptism is a work. And that's why we call it the first step of obedience. So if a person is saved and not baptized, he can still go to heaven like that thief on the cross. Uh, but if a person is saved and refuses to be baptized, he'll go to heaven, albeit disobediently. Because the point is that baptism is simply an external sign of the inward obedience by faith to the promise of God. So I think there's a great illustration here between circumcision and baptism. I thought I would just mention that. Hey, we're going to stop there in verse number 12. And there's more to say about this great example of Abraham, some really exciting verses. Want you to join me for them. Uh, But for now, we'll just quit because of time and we'll see you next time. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, take a moment to subscribe or share the podcast with a friend. Until next time, God bless.